You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Snippets of Genius podcast. I'm your hostess, Caroline Kay. And in this episode, I'm talking to Chloe Markham, studio principal and all-round yoga rock star at the Yoga Revolution. Hey, Chloe. Hey, Caroline. So, Chloe, when you and I first met, you told me a little bit about life before TYR and being in a job you hated before you made the decision to start your own business. I'd love to start there and for you to share your entrepreneurial journey with us. Yeah, so I went to work for this company where I was offshore, so I was a junior hydrographic surveyor. Yeah, and I was working on ships. You know what? I didn't really know what I was doing. I wasn't interested in what I was doing. I didn't care about what I was doing. And we were on boats. I mean, like... You know, I would be on call. So why did you do it? For the money. I was getting paid. Okay, for the money. Yeah, I was 23 years old on like a 40 grand paycheck or something. So I was loving life, you know. But yeah, I hated it. And I'd be on call all the time. So I never really knew if I was going to be home or not for events and things like that. And it just wasn't my thing. I, I really didn't like it. And then I remember trying to book my Bali yoga teacher training with whilst I was on the ship. We didn't have Wi-Fi and... And uh, my my mum was was supposed to be paying for it for me. Like, hey, mum, have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? Because I couldn't connect very easily. And um, she was like, no, do you know what? I think you should, like, hold off. I think you should hold off. And so I didn't end up going because my mum kind of didn't want me to because it would mean me quitting my crappy job offshore. So, you know, you know, it, I'm sure it was helpful at the time, but I was pretty cross with her. So anyway... That's a different story. I met my partner, my now partner, Darren, and TYR's co-founder, Darren, and I quit my job. He says it's because of him, but, you know, (laughs) it was for loads of other reasons. (laughs) And I got a job in marketing, junior marketing exec. Again, I kind of hated it. It was office-based. I had to do what people told me, and I think that's a theme here. I don't really like being told what to do. And, yeah, I just kind of hated the monotony of nine to five. And so what I did was, well, I got made redundant, but then... (laughs) You know, all these mistakes, by the way, lead to this success that I'm living right now. So I think that's a good point to make. If anyone's trying to make make it successful, loads of shit will happen. So that redundancy led me to get another job. I had a witch of a boss. I just <laughs> said to her, fuck off, fuck off, stick your shitty job. I'm going. I'm working for myself. And at the time, did I had you really company. say? Did you really give her the finger? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think in my head I did. Yeah, uh, she told me that. I didn't wear enough makeup for work. Like, who who says this? Who, who says that? Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. No, I don't like her. Don't like her. <laughs> no, I don't like her. So I had another company in my head at the time. It was called Milk and Honey, and we were employee engagement consultants, or I was an employee engagement consultant. It was my dream to make people who are miserable like me at work feel better, <laughs> right? And I tried really hard, but I just couldn't sell. I wasn't in the corporate mindset. I just couldn't do it. But that was going to be my thing. That was going to be my bread and butter. would get this milk and honey company big and it would work. So you sort of started your entrepreneurial journey there? 
Yeah, pretty much. The, the the job I had that I was made redundant from, I, I actually I was made redundant and then I said, hey, can I have another job then? Can I have the office manager job that you're advertising? And they said, okay, yeah, you can have that job. So I, I just changed positions before my second redundancy, as it were. So I was an office manager and there wasn't an awful lot of managing to do. So I would spend my time kind of like joying up the office, I would call it. So I'd get in early and I'd put post-its of like little, like, you're amazing, you look great today or whatever, little things around the office on people's desks. And we would have like French days and we'd get different food in or like Mexican day. And you know what? I would try and make it like nice and fun and, and like a more joyful atmosphere to be in. Because if anyone felt like I did at work, then <laughs> crap, that's awful. I don't want people to feel so, so miserable in a job because it's such a big part of your life, right? Yeah. So I thought, well, why can't I just do that? Why can't I just, you know, do this not for just my office, but for other offices, for other businesses in the UK or in Leeds, whatever, where I was at the time? Why can't I do that? So that's what started Milk and Honey. And, you know, we went in it into Milk and Honey full force, you know. It was exciting. We had a really great little logo designed and, you know... We were planning a lot of stuff around it. And then, yeah, it was that it was just the time as I was building Milk and Honey that I, I thought I still want to get my yoga teacher training just to teach yoga like once or twice a week, just yeah. to kind of bolster my income, have some pocket money because Milk and Honey is going to bring me all the money in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing to look back, to be honest, because obviously that business died, <laughs> didn't work at all. Oh, Chloe, I think you're being hard on yourself. I don't think that company died. I think that you chose a different path. And I think that is a really important part of the entrepreneurial journey is recognising when you're building a business that it, your heart isn't in or that you don't really love. And I know that you have gone from strength to strength in a business that you're passionate about. At this stage, I think I'd love you to tell us a bit more about, you know, what your thoughts were, what you really thought about when you wanted to start your own business, because I think what you did was got into alignment. The reason that I wanted to work for myself really was to enjoy every day. I mean, that that was what pushed me out of working offshore. That's what pushed me out of office jobs. So yeah, I wanted to enjoy what I was doing. I never really fit into the corporate world when I worked in it. So why did I expect myself to fit into the corporate world, you know, trying to sell to it? It just didn't work for me and I wasn't feeling it and it was hard. And it shouldn't, I don't think it should be hard. I think working for yourself should feel obviously stressful and challenging and tiring, but not not really hard. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah, maybe no, hard isn't the I right absolutely word. absolutely know what you mean. But it's 100% about doing what makes you you and what makes you really happy. Totally. And I, and I think that's, that's kind of hit the nail on the head. It just, it was that structure that, that repelled me, you know, from, from that whole corporate <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. But what happened simultaneously, as Milk and Honey was getting more and more of a struggle, I came back from Bali, fully qualified to teach. And I started teaching on the 1st of September, 2016, officially because I taught a few kind of unofficial classes at my previous jobs, like in the office, you know. So my official start date was September 1st, 2016. And by January, end of January 2017, I had like 25 people in a class. I had wait lists. It was like way bigger than I ever thought it would be. So... That's amazing, Chloe. I know. And and it's, it's amazing <laughs> to, to have perspective and look back on that. Suddenly, we, me and Darren were like like holy crap there's something in this yoga thing like this is this is powerful 
you know, uh, we were kind of growing almost exponentially. It was pretty amazing. And I mean, I still have some of those students to this day that came to my first classes in September 2016. It sounds like a lot for one person to deal with. Did you have a support network around you or how did you find them? Well, I'm really, really, really lucky in that my my partner and um, the co-founder of TYR, Darren, is a marketing manager. So I had him to kind of guide me. And at the time I was so green, I hadn't a clue. So I suppose it's like, you know, just be prepared to learn on the job and learn bloody quick. Good to have a marketing manager on hand. And I suppose not everybody has that luxury, sadly. So I'd love to know what advice you would give to anybody who's who's starting their yoga practice now or thinking about setting up their own yoga business. What advice would you give to them? I think I would say to anybody starting teaching yoga right now is to find your USP and just run with it. Just run with it, run with it, run with it. It doesn't matter what it is, like chair yoga, I don't know, yoga for men, I don't know what it is, like, you know, but find it and just, you know, because there's so many yoga teachers out there, it's such a saturated market. And I think you've got to stand out and you've got to stand out quick. And I think that's what we did, honestly. I, you know, started on social media very quickly. I think even before I started that first class, I was already getting like friends and friends of friends and advertising, I think, in local community groups on Facebook. And that was actually a really big thing for me in that first, I would say, six months to a year was going to my local village Facebook group with, you know, maybe 3000 people in it. And the villages around us, the suburbs of York around us, and just advertising my classes, just saying, hey guys, got a class tonight at whatever village hall, like 6.45 till 8, come down, it's whatever, your first class is free. And that was what I did with the first, first year or two was, uh, you know, first class was free. And and then it, I can't remember what I did after that. I think it was pretty quickly we did memberships. But yeah, they, it just worked. It just worked. and Fantastic. Yeah, we haven't looked back since. It's a brilliant story of success and, and it's so about that tenacity and being able to say I'm here and I've got something to offer and you all need to know about it and it sounds like you absolutely nailed that. Right we've got to the point of my podcast where I would really like to pause you now in terms of talking about the successes and what's really worked and start telling us about some of the challenges you had along the way on your journey. So if you could share with us perhaps a moment where you just thought, okay, how am I going to get myself out of this one? I mean, there's been so many. <laughs> there's been so many. I have, I mean, the, the most recent one, and I think the scariest one was in 2020. I think the scariest time for any yoga teacher or studio owner has been this year. So we owned, we had our studio. It was, it was just under two years old in March 2020, so just a few weeks before lockdown and classes were still full everything was great but you know this coronavirus thing was like rearing its head and we were nervous we didn't really know what was going to happen so this was pre-lockdown pre kind of knowledge about what was what we could do to 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 make it better you know all that kind of thing so so we were nervous and what happened was we decided I think like the Tuesday I think we locked down on the Thursday in England and on the Tuesday we were like do you know what let's just shut the studio let's just move everything online we already had a plan we already knew we were going to use Zoom and we had you know like I don't know about 50 60 classes in our on-demand library to fall back on so we were like right we'll give every member access to the online library for free all our classes will go online so the Tuesday night I taught my last classes in the studio 
And by Wednesday morning at 7am, my class was online. Everything was online. We did it so quick. So that was a scary moment, kind of like, is this going to work? And it did work, you know. We, we had good numbers for April. But we had to make a decision because our rent, kind of like lease, was coming up on the studio space that we had. It was coming up in June. And we had to make a decision by the end of April what we were going to do. And that, that, that was the most scary moment because Darren is a very methodical guy. He will look at it quite logically without much emotion. He's not as emotionally tied to this business as I am because he's not working it every day. It's not his child. It's not his baby. He's full time (laughs) elsewhere. So he took a very logical approach and said, well, look, you know, we've got a lot of rent, a lot of overheads. And if lockdown continues or if this gets worse or whatever, then, you know, we're going to be stuck with the studio for another year. So we had to make the decision, okay, well, holy crap, we'll have to close the studio. We'll close the studio and everything will just continue online and that'll be the thing now. That'll be how we evolve. And so, yeah, we made that decision at the end of April or just before the end of April. And then, yeah, we told our landlords and it was just really scary because we didn't know, I mean, you know, is there going to be, we didn't know at that point if there was going to be another lockdown, if lockdown was going to end soon, if studios were going to be able to open again. We didn't know anything. And we didn't know if online was going to work, but it was, it was kind of like the worst of two evils, although, sorry, the better of two evils, the better of two evils. <laughs> so yeah, that was the most scary moment, but you kind of just like a roller coaster, right? You just hold on bloody tight, close your eyes and jump. You know what I mean? You just, you, you just yeah. have to, if you know it's the right decision, you just got to like brace for impact, throw yourself into it fully. And that's what we did. And, um, Sure, we've lost some members who don't like online. That We were expecting that, but we've grown. We've grown because of it, and we're going into a whole new chapter of our business, and it is damn exciting, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad we did. You know, that was the toughest decision I ever made, but it was the best decision I ever made to close the studio. I didn't realise how much of a weight that was on me. It was my dream at the time, and uh, I didn't want to give my dream up, but consequently, by closing it, I realised that it was one of the most stressful things that I've ever done in my life. And now I can look back and say that I am healthier because I close the studio. I have less stress and I, I sleep way better. So horrible <laughs> time, but yeah, way better. Way, way better. Way glad I made that decision. I think that's been an amazing story, Chloe. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I wanted to ask you, what's the best piece of advice you could give anyone thinking about starting up? I think my best piece of advice would be to commit. I see a lot of, of businesses that maybe don't succeed. I don't want to say fail, but you know, perhaps they don't grow as big as, as was intended because there's no commitment or you know, it's a side hustle or you know, it's given up on or whatever. I think, look, I'm helping my mum with her business right now and I, I keep telling her, you've got to just commit. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard and it feels like you might fail. Or you've been doing this too long without success but if you can just go a little bit further into places where most people would have quit by now you know then you might just succeed I mean there's a time and place for saying you know what this business isn't working like I did with milk and honey but you know at the same time I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't continue to strive through difficult times with the yoga revolution if I didn't believe in myself and the business enough to put 
everything I have into it. And I think that's what your business needs is for you to put everything you have into it. It's your child and it it will thrive if, I mean, there's a lot of things that need to happen to make it thrive, but one of them is to just be so almost overconfident and just go in it all guns blazing and keep those guns blazing for as long as physically possible. Yes. Yes, Chloe, that is absolutely the right answer. <laughs> a brilliant, brilliant piece of advice for anyone starting because backing yourself, believing in yourself is the first hurdle. And that's one of the best pieces of advice I think anyone could have. One final question, which would be if you could give yourself one piece of advice, and I mean your younger self, one piece of mm-hmm. advice, what would it be? Oh my God. And you know what? I would give myself this advice every day now. I'm getting better at it, but holy shit. To my kind of 18-year-old self, care less what other people think of you. Care less what other people think of you. You know, it's still something I, I battle with today. Like, am I going to look stupid if I do this? And putting video online was terrifying and I cared a lot what people thought of me. Now, I definitely care less. You know, it's, it's everything from running a successful business and really putting yourself out there to, I don't know, wearing a swimsuit when you feel like you're not skinny enough or something to wear a swimsuit you know I know a lot of women we have hang-ups wear the fucking swimsuit do the thing don't worry about what people think of you just do it and live your life and find some joy every day oh amazing what a finale love it thank you so much Chloe (laughs) thanks Caroline brilliant thanks for listening to snippets of genius if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help other people find it I would really appreciate you taking a moment to rate or leave a review And if you know someone who wants to start their own business, why not share it with them? And to find out more about how I help people start and scale, visit www.carolinek.co. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.